Working Interferences is intended for mature audiences. Since the hosts never grew up, someone needs to be the adult. Welcome to Working Interferences with Josh and Lance, the dental advice podcast for the average dentist. Here is Josh and Lance. Bros, what is up? Welcome to the Working Interferences podcast, a dental advice show. I'm Josh Walston. And I am Lance Timmerman. Rational amplitude tonight. (laughs) A little weird on this one. Yeah, a little weird. I'm going to change my Instagram right now. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) <laughs> we are uh, we're joined by a very special guest. I'm excited uh, to have our guest today um, because I think he may be one of the only um, dental podcasters who's as into stand-up comedy as I am, and uh, maybe even more so because he's kind of like in the industry a little bit. Um, welcome to the show from the Drilled Podcast with Dr. Brady. Brady Smith. Brady, what's up? Hey, dude. Thank I. I am like... Uh, super fan of working interferences. So this is uh, this is a favorite pod, like hands down favorite podcast, dental podcast for sure. Nice. I appreciate uh, that. I'm, I'm and so I'm a huge fan of what you've been doing. Of what you've been doing. You're, you're. Oh, thank you. We met at VOD. Yes. And you came up to me and you talked to me very passionately um, about charitable dentistry. Well, you started how- you started the passionate conversation with your with your uh, presentation. Well, okay, but then you came up and you said, "Hey, do you want to know something that's really helped me in my career and, and yes. um, changed my mental outlook on the world?" Um, and you told me basically that things were tough for you, and then you decided to start doing a lot of charitable dentistry, um, and that has turned into a major, amazing thing for your life. So, t- like, yeah. tell us the journey of this. How does this happen? Yeah, not just tough. Um, I hated dentistry. And I still have those days. I think every dentist has those days. And hopefully you just try to minimize the frequency of those days. But for me, like five years into dentistry, into my career. So I graduated in 2009. I've been a dentist for um, 10 years, basically. And where'd you go to school? uh, University of Pacific, San Francisco. So you're still paying the debt on that? uh, Oh, forever. forever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They trick you. They trick you by being a three-year university that's just as expensive as a oh, five-year university. Oh, it's only three years. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, only yeah. three years. Right, right. right. But you, it's, you don't save money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a trick. Um, uh, no, five years into dentistry, uh, I had some real problems. And it was like just sucking my will to live. Like, like <laughs> literally. Yeah, we know, um, we know the feeling. I'm way ahead of you. You know, it's like when you see like... Oh, you see a patient on your schedule and you just like, it's like four days from now. And you're just like, no, forever. No. Like, uh, uh, I felt like that all the time. And I knew a couple, so I did kind of a personal inventory of what I didn't like, like what was going on. And, and there were three things, three things I did. One was I stopped doing dentures because, uh, uh-uh, no, Good choice. I, I, I suck at them. And I couldn't make people happy. And I was uh, just running in circles uh, with this. I can't make people happy with these. So then I stopped dealing with employees I didn't want to deal with. Made like a conscious effort to be like, if I don't want to work with somebody, 
that was another reason why I didn't want to go to work was because so and so and so was going to be there and I don't she undermines me and questions me or whatever and I just like nope cut and ties whatever that means we got to deal with that and the third thing was third thing was definitely charitable service so it was finding people in need and just doing their work for free and it would start off small and the first really big thing I did was uh, I used to always go to Wendy's I still always go to Wendy's I mean I <laughs> That's for the chili right not, not used, not used. The chili is delicious, by the way. And Wendy's just started doing breakfast. So like multiple hella, meals a day. Yeah. Okay. Hella, hella dirty, hella dirty now. <laughs> um, so, uh, um, oh, there was always the same drive through girl, always the same drive through. And she had this apple core appearance to her front teeth and super pleasant, nice young lady. And I saw her all the time and it's embarrassing that we came on like a first name basis. Um, uh, but eventually I was just like, Hey, I can help you. I'm a dentist. I work down the street. I'm two miles down the road. Here's my card. And I had to like work the nerve up to like, yeah, that's a tough conversation to offer that because it's like, surely she must know what's wrong with her teeth. Surely she must have a mirror and see it. What I see and it was like two weeks later, she came in and we ended up doing a bunch of crowns and root canals and really fixed her up really nice. And that was like, uh, that was like the snowball that just kept on rolling down the hill that just kind of, uh, evolved into what drilled podcast is, which is basically, uh, it's a project in which I ambitiously want to convince or persuade all dentists to do one free case a year. That's it. That's, so, reasonable. that's a reasonable I, thing. Yeah. I heard, I, uh, yeah. John Coy said the same thing. I, I was right out of school when I heard him say that. And so oh, we, I didn't know that. Yeah. It, it the, the, as a staff, they would get together and try to find somebody, whether it be someone from within the practice or even yeah. from without. And, uh, it's one of those things you just feel better. You feel good about doing because there's no expectation. Yeah. And there's some incredible perks that I didn't realize in the, in the, in the form of like, I did it for my own personal fulfillment and my mental health, which mm-hmm. is like, which is why I was super like drawn to your presentation, Joshua in at VOD, which is, I love dentists that talk about mental health and dental profession, because there's some things about charitable service that just kind of never get talked about, but they are super powerful and super impactful to mm-hmm. the individuals you help. It's like, I always use this analogy. I hate mowing lawns, hate it. I had to mow lawns growing up. My dad made me do it in our own, in our own yard. And then he made me go door to door to our neighbors and ask them if I wanted to mow their lawn for 25 bucks. And I'd work for like ever and make like 50 bucks and uh, hated it. But there's an elderly lady that I go to church with who's a widow and I don't mind mowing her lawn, right? Yeah, but but in every other circumstance in my life, like now I have a lawn, I hire someone, Uh I pay someone to mow my lawn. I hate it. I hate it. But so when you have something you hate and you kind of redefine the purpose of why you're doing that, you you magically don't hate it, and that's exactly what happened to me in dentistry. And so now I always make sure that I have something in the works, something going, something that keeps me going, another patient, another project, another something, a free crown. If nothing's on the docket, I have a pretty busy schedule most days and I can find somebody who needs some help 
and it's not hard to do. And every dentist has that like cool patient they really like and they get along with who just isn't pulling the trigger on whatever services they need. So you can find people that you know are cool. They'll be grateful. They'll be happy. So it's just this amazing like difference maker. It's a, it's hugely impactful. And also uh, the word of mouth advertising from these people is insane. Yeah. They become your biggest fans. I mean, it is, I can't even compare it to like a billboard or buying mailers or whatever else dentists do to market their practice. Nothing is more effective in building your practice than giving away free work to people. And, and cause that loyalty is like, it's like in, it's like seared into their brains now to be like, you are now the best dentist in the world. It doesn't matter how good your crown preps are. It doesn't matter anything. You're just, you're their guy forever. So or, yeah. you've been, you started doing some stuff on comedians. You got hooked up with the comedy club that's near you. Right. And you've, you've had like Steve-O on the show talking about his dental stuff. Right. So how, how does the yeah. comedian stuff come into play? Uh, so drill <laughs> drilled with Dr. Brady was not my first podcast. I did a, a small 15 episode podcast called the, the stand up diet. And I, uh, at a, I've had patients. So I, in, early on when I started doing free work, I had some patients who were like local stand up comedians, no one of any like notoriety. Uh, but I just always have been like super like, those are my people. Like comedians are like my people. Like in another life, I could have easily pursued that career and, and enjoyed that. Uh, so I've done, I started doing a lot of free work for comedians, just local comedians. One in particular, uh, we started doing a, a podcast together and we started to do, Hey, what if we like inter- interviewed like stand up comedians and we like rated food, uh, from around town. Uh, and we're in the Portland, Oregon area. So we started doing that. And she was the social media person for Helium Comedy Club in Portland. Okay. And so her job was to go into the green room and take pictures of whoever's headlining the comedy club that day yeah. or that weekend, which is a different headliner every weekend. And you get Helium Comedy Club. If there's about four of them in the United States. I think there's one in Philadelphia, Buffalo, St. Louis, and Portland. Anyway, it's a big comedy club and they get, uh, they get like, big names. Super big names like yeah. SNL alumni, uh, uh, awesome names. So we had a lot of really cool guests come on, um, and they came into my. We we recorded at my house, so they'd come to my house and my studio. That's my really house. cool. And so we had Brad Williams, uh, love Brad. Adam, Adam Ray came on. Uh, the, yeah, those those two guys work together. They do a pod called About Last Night. That's right, exactly right. Um, and so um, I just kind of. Really enjoy uh, Shane Moss. If you know who Shane Moss is, he's a tall, lurpy guy who does a, he also does a podcast called here we are. It's a science podcast. It's really, really cool. Nice. Um, and then, uh, uh, Jessa Reed is a comedian that we did. I did some free work for, and I just kind of kept on like, Hey, I'll do free work for you. If you want to come on our podcast, if you need something done, I'll, I'm happy to do it for free. And a lot of people, Oh, and then we started putting them on nitrous oxide and interviewing them. And that was amazing. And that was, uh, that's still. (laughs) That's such a good idea. It's such a good idea. It's, it's just, the fun is built into it really. I mean, it's, it's, uh, nitrous. I had to look into, I actually got legal counsel to understand like the legalities of it. 
And uh, for those who are listening and thinking, hey, is that illegal? I don't think your listeners care about that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, just we'll have to tell Alan Mead to chill it for a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, tell him to calm down. Uh, no, but as long as you're doing a medical procedure, yeah. So right. as long as I'm as long as I'm doing a cleaning, you cannot do it recreationally. But in right. the presence of a supervised, uh, in the supervised presence of a licensed dentist or doctor, and under, uh, you know, my license, uh, it's no different than when I charge people to do nitrous when they get their cleaning. I just yeah. I'm, not, I'm not charging any money. Right, and you just give them a microphone. Oh, right. And so we interview them. I have like questions prepared and that's all on our YouTube. We, have, we did about nine or 10 episodes and then the clubs all shut down now. So we haven't done anything for a very long time with comedians, mm-hmm. but through, through a lot of different ways, uh, I got involved with Steve-O for a collaboration for a fan of his. So we did a full mouth makeover for one of his fans. And then, uh, he came and surprised the fan. Like he came, he flew down to my office in Camas, Washington, this guy from Wisconsin named Stevie. And that's confusing because it's Stevie and Steve-O. But Stevie uh, is a cool dude, needed all, the te- needed all his teeth pulled out. And we put some implants in there. And Steve-O told me ahead of time, was like, hey, we're going to surprise him. I'm going to come down and bring my film crew and we're going to film the whole thing. And we'll do like a YouTube video for you, uh, which is awesome. Yeah. And so he came down and surprised his fan who like blew his mind when Steve-O comes up. And I put a, I put a, a, a like a white coat on him and put some put my loops on Stevo and and he comes in with like a power tool and was like, "Hey, dude, ready to go?" That's awesome. <laughs> and it was super fun. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just love working with comedians. They're just the coolest people. They're down to do anything because uh, they're super degenerate, right? So it, yeah, it, it helps. We right? talked about at VOD. We talked about one of my favorite comedians, Kate Quigley. Um, who? Oh yeah. Is an unbelievable Instagram follow because um, she posts really <laughs> funny stuff, and half the time she's topless, uh, and it's fr- like strategically topless. And she's, I follow she's Kate. Show. I follow Kate. You get a you get a side boob or an under boob every day. A lot, yeah, yeah it's great. A, a minimum, minimum one. And I, I don't know if you've heard this story. I think some of our listeners have heard this story. But uh, are you a fan of Anthony Jeselnik? <sighs> yeah, his comedy is not my thing. Okay. Um, it's a very, he's, he's kind of super dark. Yeah. And, and very uh, mean and very mean. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I'll watch any comedy probably, but he right. wouldn't be, he's not it, your voice. If he had a special, I probably wouldn't watch it. Okay. He's the voice that I wish I could do. Oh, but okay. <laughs> dental, dentist and dental team members don't like mean comedy. They just don't like mean jokes. And I've done it before. Um, and I've had, I've had some content that has like some really great spots for mean jokes and I make the mean joke and it gets more like ooze than it does laughs. And then like, I've even seen it on, on sheets like the, the, you know, the uh, review sheets at the end and they'll mention like that. Ooh, like that mean joke, not good, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. So Anthony just the, the, the joke that the voice that I wish I could have, and I can't, um, but Detola and I went to go see him in January uh, we went to the comedy store and uh, he came up and he just walked on um, and did 20 minutes. Um, and he's, he walks on stage and this is, he says, and he's very cocky. And he says, totally. um, I wrote this joke today. And this is why, you know, I'm the best motherfucker you're ever going to see at this <laughs> word for word. And then he tells this following joke. He says, my friend asked me to be a sperm donor for her baby. 
And I said, I don't know. I got a lot of questions. Okay. Like, how old's the baby? <laughs> and it just like, holy shit. You wrote that today? <laughs> if I wrote that joke, that would be the best joke of my life. And That's a good he joke. wrote it like that morning. It was like a Friday morning. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So, so these guys like... You know, I mean, I'm sure you've heard people say, because I've seen your videos, you're very funny. Um, I've, I, I'm sure people have told you like, oh, you could do stand-up before, right? And then you see sure, a yeah. professional stand-up work and you're just like, holy shit. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's like, I relate it to golf. You have somebody who's pretty good at golf and you watch them play like, holy shit, Randy's great at golf. And mm-hmm. then you like go watch a PGA Tour event. And you see like the worst golfer on the PGA tour and he's exponentially better than your buddy, Randy. And yeah. you realize like the level between the big league and where a professional is, is light years apart. And that's like, these guys just see things a different way. They process things a different way. Um, one of my favorites is Neil Brennan and, oh, and yeah. he, he just sees the world in a way that, that yields content for him. Um, and it wasn't until we started the funny shit group that I kind of at least started seeing that a little bit. Cause I remember when Lance and I started that, I was like, what the fuck am I going to post on this thing? Yeah. Like I don't, I don't, I don't run along, uh, run a, across funny shit all that much. Um, and then it just like, when you're looking for funny things to happen, funny circumstances happen. And, and so yeah. I think it's just the way that these people are wired to look at the world. Have you tried stand up? N- never more than just like what you saw me do. That's that's the closest okay. thing I've ever come to. But do you've never gone up. to a comedy club, open my. No. Where do you so, live? I'm in San Antonio. I've got five minutes written. I've never done it. Oh, you need to do it, dude. <sighs> it, I don't know. So I did it twice. So this is how I'm. Okay, so one of the ways I met my the way I met my co-host from my previous podcast was me and a buddy of mine were like we've always been like hey we should go do an open mic we just should do it. And we're like, I'm like, yeah, totally. So let's go, let's go watch an open mic. So we go to helium and we go to open mic. We're just, we're not going to get up. We're just going to like go watch what, it. Yeah. Get the lay of the land. Exactly. Right. So we go there and we watch this. Uh, uh, and we're just like, it was, it's interesting is like, you see what happens at an open mic when it's all the amateurs, the local talent. And you're like, you start feeling like, okay, I yeah. could, I could do, I could get up there and, you know, eat shit that I could, I could do that. Uh, if that person can go do it, I can do it. I mean, I've, I've lived, uh, listen, the dental life is a hard life. You've had, you struggled, right? Like there's some, there's some struggle there you can relate to. Anyway, this, this girl who was my co-host gets up there and, uh, she has this whole story about, she went to like a government clinic and she needs a root canal. And it was like the crappiest experience. And the Ukrainian, like Amazon Ukrainian woman dentist was like, uh, said the words, now I come in your mouth. <laughs> and uh, not, not what you want to hear. Excuse me. Excuse me. If I had a nickel. Um, so anyway, I, I found out who she was on, on Facebook through a mild Facebook stock. And I said, listen, I'm, I'm a dentist. I was in the crowd last night. I kind of like want to try stand up some, you know, just kind of dabble in it a little bit. And uh, she was like, yeah, I'll help you out with that. And I was like, well, I'd like to, if you need, if you want me to do the root canals for you, I'll do the root canals for you. So she comes in, she needs 18 and 19 root canal and crown. We do those. I end up doing like a bunch of uh, veneers on her front six for her. 
and and we became really good friends and we so we started the podcast together and it was it was awesome and then we just got lives got busy and and we ha- and I kind of wanted to do a different uh, I wanted to do more of a dental focused thing yeah. I I became very apparent that like no nah, dentistry is my thing then it, I like like that's my thing I'm a dentist and I that's my, that's my strength as Tatola says it's much easier to be a funny dentist than it is to be a good comedian yeah and so I I uh, I went to an open mic night. And it sucked. And I thought it was super funny. And I, it was really hard. It was super different than like anything. I've always been like a funny, like cut up in class, class clown. Yeah. Uh, even in dental school, I was getting sent to the dean for inappropriate comments. And uh, so uh, I get up there and I, I, I applied. I joined this contest. Portland has this contest called Portland's Funniest Person. And it, you pay 25 bucks, but you're guaranteed 10 minutes. It's like a guarantee, like, yeah. you know, there's no, there's no list. You're assigned a time and you just get up there and go 10 minutes. So I was like, great, I'll just do that. I'll pay 25 bucks. I get 10 minutes. And one of my jokes was, listen, I, um, I understand this is Portland's funniest person competition. I'm not really interested in being Portland's funniest person, but it is crucially important that I am the funniest dentist. <laughs> crucially important to me. <laughs> That's really good. And, and uh, it, yeah, so anyways, it's, uh, yeah, it's totally, there's a, there's a dentist in Eugene, Oregon named Burt Walpack. You should look him up. He's super funny. And he does, he does, uh, he actually is like opening for like people. He's super funny. Wow. That's awesome. You, wow. you should listen to him. He's been on my podcast too. Super cool dude. That's super awesome. Cool dude. How do you get hooked up with Dr. Drew? Cause you're doing some stuff with Drew now, right? Yeah. So, uh, steve introduced me to Dr. Drew. So if you know Steve-O's story, Dr. Drew was kind of super instrumental in his sobriety and his coming to Jesus moment or whatever you want to call it. But he's been sober for a very long time and Dr. Drew was instrumental in that. So he uh, he kind of told Dr. Drew about the nonprofit organization that is associated with my podcast. And Dr. Drew invited me on his podcast and I flew to LA and went to the... Uh, uh, it's a, uh, it means the Adam Carolla. Yeah, it's, yeah I'm, a, I'm a huge Carolla fan. So yeah, I got to go hang out at his man cave studio, which is amazing, and hang out with Dr. Drew for an afternoon, which was super awesome. And so just ch- chatting with him, he uh, he threw me a he got a letter from someone um, saying they needed some dental help, and he threw me a bone and said, "Hey, do you think you can help this lady out?" And I said, "Sure." So there's this. Uh, kind of full, another full mouth type of case that we're kind of in the middle of right now, uh, handling a case where there's been years and years of opioid uh, addiction and uh, trying to recuperate and kind of, I mean, what dentists understand, but that lay people don't understand is, is how devastating dental disease is for people and they hide it. They don't like your, your brothers and your sisters and your family and your mother and father don't know, don't know the suffering that goes on when you have like, you know, rampant dental decay, that's, you know, causing a huge problem. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, so Dr. Drew, I've been on his podcast a few times now and, uh, and it's just, uh, you know, it, it also kind of is empowering to see the effect, the currency that charitable service holds because it's different than any other form of currency. Like it's opened doors for me that I never thought would have been opened um, that I don't think money could ever buy me. So collaborations with cool people and and getting even more exposure for something that's legitimately like 
impactful and helpful to other people and using the skills that we have as dentists that we use every day and, and, and using it in a way that honestly doesn't move the needle for us very much. Like doing a crown for someone, it doesn't move the needle for me. I, my, my monthly income is going to be the same whether or not I do a free crown for someone or not. But for that person, it moves the needle a lot tremendously. It's, it's, that's, that's my rent this month. You know, that's a, you just covered my freaking house payment with doing that for me for free. So it's just when you have this, uh, you guys Game of Thrones fans? Yep, of oh, course. Yeah. Oh, okay. Here's the analogy, dude. When Tyrion uh, is is the hand of the hand of the queen to Khaleesi, and he's trying to go negotiate with Jon Snow and Khaleesi, like you guys got to team up. You guys got to team up, right? And he wants to mine the dragon glass on uh, on Dragonstone. And Khaleesi like, doesn't want to let him, but she also doesn't believe in the White Walkers. So if you're not a Game of Thrones fan, this is not going to make sense at all. Yeah, no, this is going to be a tough one. <laughs> this is going to be, you are, you are lost now. You have turned the podcast off and you are done. Uh-huh. And I apologize. Uh, however, Tyrion turns to Khaleesi and says, give him something by giving him nothing. Right. Right. So to Jon Snow, that dragon glass right. was crucially important. And what a like, a gesture of kindness it was from Khaleesi to let him mine the dragon glass. And she doesn't give a shit. She was like, whatever, go fight your imaginary uh, White Walker army. Um, anyways, it was a gesture that meant a lot to Jon Snow, which ultimately gained her his allegiance. So you give them something by giving them nothing. And that's kind of the way I see dentistry. It, it cost me virtually nothing. You so- need to team up with a lab in Portland. And have them call their zirconia crowns that they make for you dragon glass. Oh, <laughs> there we go. I like that. I like that dragon glass zirconia. Ooh, guys, this oh. is an advice show. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> it will be. Okay. Yeah. We answer, we answer your questions. We answer questions we find on all those neat little dental Facebook groups. We answer questions from Reddit. Reddit. We strive to help dentists and dental team members with our own unique brand advice. So please, we need your questions. They are the sustenance we crave. You can submit your questions to workinginterferences at gmail.com. Now, we don't want just any question to we Lance. Fuck no. We don't want a bunch of boring questions like, what's the best dental comedy podcast? Because we all know that Drilled is the greatest dental po- oh, podcast ever. Stop we it. We want guys. the questions that Gordon Christensen cannot answer. Question one, listener Molly asks, did you guys hear about the Marquette dental student who is suing because he failed the boards? What do you think? Have you guys heard about this story? I think I know the answer. Uh, no, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Never heard, <laughs> Never heard of it. I looked it up. Yeah, I, I read a, a little bit on it. Yeah. Uh, I'm so sad that I know about this. I wish <laughs> right. I didn't know so, about so that's part of the reason that Brady's on the show tonight is because this question was posted to our funny shit group. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I did a cursory search of the young man's name who I'm not going to put him on blast now. Brady can decide if he wants to do that or not. Um, and it turned out that he had a mutual friend and that was Brady Smith. So I asked Brady if he knew this guy. Um, Oh, is that how you, is that how you connected it? Yes. Uh, So that's how I found. And Brady said, um, I, I would be willing to talk about this. So, um, I'm trying to find the story. The story was like in Forbes or something like it was in, it was in a, um, a fairly large publication. If I remember correctly, I'm trying to find it. Uh, I'm sorry. It was on. Uh, I don't know if it's a big publication. 
JS Online. I don't know exactly what this site. Oh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. So this is uh, Marquette Dental School. So this is uh, the newspaper in the city uh, in which the dental school is uh, published this article. Um, and basically, um, a dental student didn't pass the boards four times. Um, and I don't remember if this was NBDE part one or part two. Do you remember that, Brady? I don't. And that would be significant to know. Uh, I would imagine, I would imagine it's part, I don't know. It's all pass fail now, right? Yes. It just says, it says there was a period of time when the student began trying to pass a national board exam. Um, and that's all it, it says. So it doesn't say which one it was. So and I it's mean, not I, super relevant. Either. Yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, it's something you got to pass to move on, um, or to get a license and he wasn't able to do it. So I, were there guys in your classes, uh, either Lance at OHSU or at Brady at Pacific, uh, were there people in your classes that, um, had lawyers involved with their education when you were in school? <laughs> I, I'm not aware of any. <laughs> that's not saying there wasn't, but right. I didn't hear of any. Yeah, that's a big fat no from okay. me. I don't, I'm we, not aware of that. We did have a little issue. There was a, a group of students in the class ahead of me that was caught like a, a cheating ring in oral path. Oh. Um, and our oral path professor was awesome. Her name was Ann Jones. We called her the hammer. Um, she was like six foot six. Um, really intimidating, but a, but a really great teacher, really good lecture, gave really good information. Um, and just really good. I mean, just kind of engaging and, and we learned a lot from her. She was also really hard. Um, and she caught, and I don't remember the circumstances, but she caught a group of like two or three students cheating on an exam. Um, and basically was like, these students should be thrown out and, and at least one of them lawyered up and the whole thing just kind of disappeared if I remember correctly. Oh, um, wow. Wow. So I don't remember the exact circumstances. Um, this feels a little different because that was sort of like he said, she said, you know, she insists that there was cheating. They're like, there's no evidence of it. And so that kind of back and forth, this is a little bit more concrete of like, Hey, you didn't prepare me well enough to pass this exam. That's probably easier now than it ever has been. Like, I remember getting number scores, right? Like I remember yeah, getting yeah. like a 91 on MBDE part one, right? Oh, like that's that, impressive. That's impressive right there. I mean, but like I didn't. It, it was made to be a big deal. Like humble we had brag. To, humble brag. <laughs> there was people in my, there was like six people in my class that got a perfect score. Dude, you needed 75 what? to pass. I yeah. got 76. Nice. <laughs> I got you beat. I got you beat by one. Nice. I got 75. I studied for three hours the night before. <laughs> and I used to go to, I used to go to the gunners in my uh -huh. class. And I used to be like, yeah, I guess a 98 is kind of cool. But when you think about it, it's kind of harder to get a 75 when you think <laughs> about it. Because when you ride, you ride that precipice. Yeah, you got to ride that margin. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. The, the risk, the risk is so much more great. I mean, like mm -hmm. if you fail a couple of questions, you'll get a 96. Big whoop de doo If I fail, it's catastrophic. It's base so. jumping versus like. Like like skydiving with a master instructor or whatever. Right? Yeah, I, you were base jumping. Yeah, I loved to I loved to uh, fuck shit up. That's what I like to do in dental school. I see people riding high on their ninety eight, and I'm just like, excuse me, <laughs> I got uh, something to say about that. So um, they didn't like me. <laughs> but I, so did you guys both pass it on uh, on attempt one? Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. 
Yeah, I got a 70. I did get a 75. That's true. Nice. So, yeah. So this this young man didn't pass it three times. And uh, I guess the fourth time you take it, you can no longer take it again. So they tell you you get four times. And if you can't pass it in four times, then you're dismissed. Which I don't actually, know if that's... I'm kind of glad to hear that because I, it always seemed like... what a waste Do we of need time. four? Yeah. Well, I mean, not just that, but it seemed like it just was a matter of... You just keep taking it until you pass. So what's the, right. why bother doing it at all if everybody's eventually going to pass? Right. But that's, a great, like, that's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> Unlimited tries. Just keep doing it. Yeah. Now, uh, Brady, what do you know about this situation that you are willing to talk about? Okay. Well, I don't have both sides of the, sto- of the story. Okay. I, I only have, I am friends with this gentleman on Facebook, but the reason why we're friends on Facebook, we have never met nor spoken. His father is the right hand man at uh, number two in command at Comfort Dental, okay. of which I have been a franchise owner for 10 years. So I own and operate a couple of Comfort Dental franchises in Southeast Washington. And I did this in Colorado, right out of dental school. And I've always been a Comfort Dental doctor. So um, the CEO of Comfort Dental, his name is Rick Kushner. And I, listen, he is a figure that uh, incites controversy. Sure. Uh, and, um, but for me, I have a, a, a very real debt of gratitude for his lean and mean concepts and helping me be very successful, like right out the gate uh, of dental school and kind of eliminating my learning curve uh, quickly Um, uh, and providing me with education and opportunities and kind of all that. So, but he doesn't have any children that are going to take over the reins. And so Comfort Dental at the very top, top level is all owned by dentists. There's the CEO and like five vice presidents who all control different aspects of Comfort Dental. And one of them is Neil Norton. And I've known Neil for a very long time. Neil helped me out tremendously starting out because when you start out with Comfort Dental, you do a buy-in. And so my buy-in, I was looking at this practice in Pueblo, Colorado, and I was buying out another dentist. So you can earn equity in your practice at Comfort Dental, uh, very similar to private practice. So you earn equity and I was buying out her practice. And we started the bidding at $500,000. And she put the price out there and I accepted that. I said, yes. And then a week later, she upped it to 525. I said, fine. Uh, then she upped it to 575. And I remember this was a situation where my wife was pregnant with our first child. I didn't know where I was going to work. This lady's gouging me. I got, yeah. I got Neil Norton involved and he went to bat for me. Um, and so I've always had this kind of uh, uh, gratitude for him. And I think he's a great guy. Um, and I don't know his son. Sure. Very well. I don't know how he even feels about this, to be honest. I have to assume that the leadership of Comfort Dental is on board with this, though. There is. I did see a photo of, of the young man, uh, uh, Norton's son, yes. uh, walking into like a lab or a, a classroom or something that was named after Comfort Dental at Marquette. Yeah. University yeah. School of Dentistry. So about like seven or eight years ago, Rick Kushner donated a million dollars to Marquette University, which is his alma mater as well. Also Neil Norton's alma mater. So it does beg the question of his ability to even get into dental school, right? If 
if this is his problem, you can't. It muddies the water a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, but also you got a guy who donates a million bucks and your kid gets in. Uh, that's just the way it works. In right. Well, I mean, we're seeing and, and, that like with USC and the and rowing team. Varsity Blues. Right. Yeah. 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 That's just that, this is the world we live in and the way schools are run. So that part doesn't surprise me at all. Um, but they have a wing of their clinic called the Comfort Dental Clinic. Uh, and I got to think that's a conflict of interest when you have the son of this higher up Comfort Dental guy who's suing the school for not addressing your anxiety issues is what I read. Right. Um, and of course on the surface, that just sounds like hogwash to me. Okay. And then what makes this really interesting, I don't think any comfort dental actually is. I mean, I don't I hope not. No. Uh, <laughs> We're going to be fair on both sides of this. Yeah. No. And I don't have any problem. I listen, I have a, I have a meeting next week with some of the, some of the comfort dental guys. I plan on asking them about this. I'm not shy about that. I'd like to know the details. But to my knowledge, uh, Neil nor Rick have addressed this, made this known, commented, made a statement of any kind about this um, uh, situation. But okay, so without Rick having children to take over the dental reins, it's all owned by dentists and they want to keep it that way. They've had multiple opportunities to sell to like investment firms. Yeah, uh, hedge for, funds and know, capital and all You know, eight, eight figure buyouts type of thing. And they've said no. And I respect that as well, tremendously. And I love that the organization is run by dentists. So, um, but Neil is the only one who has like a son who's like looking into dentistry. So he, this guy was poised to inherit a lot. And I still think he probably could, uh, it depends on how they want to involve him. But what really makes this interesting is that I became friends with him on Facebook and I had to, uh, what's it called? Mute somewhere yeah. where it's like, you can still see your friends, but you're not really like, I don't see, I don't, I don't want to see what you post because his posting was nonstop Trump supporter, mm. redneck. Uh, and I'm not really super political either way, but like bashing on liberal snowflakes and that contrasted. Right. With, with a lot. suing a university for not addressing your anxiety, that sounds a little snowflakeish to me. Yeah, right. Um, and and so it's um, even now, like I kind of peek in to see what's going on. It's just like, oh my gosh, with the George Floyd stuff and the police brutality and the Black Lives Matter and all these super triggering social issues going on. It's just like, uh, I don't know. It, some, it's just like. It's, it does it doesn't mesh. The two things don't mesh. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of a collision. I, every time I see a, a, a post by him, I'm always like, but aren't you the guy that did that thing? So maybe. One of his claims is that the school did not uh, address his anxiety issues with exams, um, which, you know, I, I'm, I'm torn on because I see both sides of things where I see, like, hey, if if you have a diagnosed medical condition, um, you know, th they should do what they can to help facilitate you to succeed to a certain extent. To the best okay of their ability, that. sure, sure. Right. Yeah. That being said, is that there are some times in dentistry that there is pressure that, that hits and there are things that you have to perform and there are schedules you have to, to have to stick to and there are, are high pressure events that happen in dentistry 
that do not give you a break simply because you have anxiety. And so dental school is one of the places that you learn how to deal sort of with those curveballs, right? In life and dentistry sure. kind of throws those, those, those frequently. And so you kind of learn how to maybe start identifying the curveball before it gets to you when you're in dental school. So I see both sides of that deal. Now, when you're citing that as a, as a lawsuit, as part of the, the reason that you're suing, that just seems a little sour grapes-ish, right? Like you're, you're calling foul on the rules after you've played the game. And if you had a problem, you should have said it before you even got to this point. Uh, right. Yeah. And that, those are the parts of the story that I wish I knew. Like what happened after you failed the first time, then the second time? And then like, are you talking to people? Are you getting help? Are you understanding? Like, right. Yeah. Like, is there tutoring sessions? Like if I failed it once, I'd be like, oh shit. Like I got to get like, this is like, this is crucial. Like yeah. my whole, this, like I'm paying a buttload of money to be here. Right. And I got to kill it the next time. I got to at least pass it. You don't, you, don't, right. you, don't, you don't have to kill it. You just have right. to pass it. 75 works. Yes, it but, does. All right. So Lance, you've got kids that are uh, ranging from senior in high school to uh-huh. what year in college? Seniors. I, they're all seniors. Okay. So in that sort of range, mm-hmm. have you heard stories from them about this kind of thing happening with any of their colleagues, with any of the people they go to school with, no. challenging on, on how they're administered tests because they want it this certain way, anything like that? I haven't. So no, this is foreign territory. Do you anticipate there being a uh, Lance Timmerman clinic at uh, OHSU University so that uh, everyone can go there? So, Do it. Um, Do it. The, the odds are pretty damn slim. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Okay. That's the bad attitude. <laughs> I'm a stinking bad attitude. Stinking thinking. <laughs> I, I do feel so. I, I wonder two things about, about the son uh-huh. um, that went to dental school. Um, when I read this, I wonder, did he really want to go to dental school? Fair question. Or, or huh? was this, you know, and I'm not Rust saying on. this was, was abuse by any stretch of the imagination, but yeah. Parents learn to apply pressure in different ways to kids. Um, If that pressure is real or perceived, it doesn't matter. There are plenty of people who go into professions um, for the wrong reasons. And and could this have been one of those? Sure. Um, And could it be that this is all coming from the parent side, um, not wanting to sort of admit to that. And I hope that's not the case, um, yeah. but maybe it's a good thing. Maybe this is, maybe this will be good for, for the young man to not be stuck into this. Well, there, there might be something to that because you got to understand he wasn't just going to be a dentist. He was poised to be one of the higher ups at a very large dental franchise, a very large, um, I mean, a ba- we're basically a DSO essentially. And, and one of the messages, one of the reasons why Rick and Neil have maintained control is because they believe strongly that leadership could, should come from dentists, from dentists, like leadership in dentistry should come from dentists. Right. So, um, it's like, you can be part of comfort dental, but no one's going to respect you within the organization if you're not a dentist, which is true. Like yeah. we, yeah. we all buy into that super heavy, like. I don't want to be part of a DSO with an office manager dictating how much perio I have to do. Right. And so, um, or, or some freaking boner in a suit telling me like, 
uh, actually, this procedure is more lucrative if you do it this way. And I like, yeah, that's works for Aspen Dental, but um, but that's not what that's not what draws us. So uh -huh. the pressure to be a dentist was like, you you're gonna have this amazing job with a lot of respect. You just have to have that license. Yeah. And boom, you got a situation where he's forced into something that maybe he doesn't want to do. Yeah. It's all conjecture, but it's certainly possible because there's a lot of pressure in his specific situation. And the donation of the money from the parents to the school and the, and the company that the parents work for to the mm -hmm. school just muddies the water entirely. It does. And so I think all this mixes together. And but for dentists. Why, yeah, that's, that's why I think the higher ups, I would assume they, know, they definitely know about it. And they, if they didn't like it, they would, they would definitely have the authority to squash it and say, yeah. this is, this is ridiculous. I'm not letting you do this. I'm not, I don't think he's paying for these lawyers. I don't think he's, so I think there's, there's encouragement on that level. And I yeah. would like, you know, I would like to know more information about that. This That's is trigger. A dentist reads this and this is a trigger for a dentist. Oh, for sure. For and so sure. this, this is, is why it gets all the comments and whatnot. And, 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 you know, I, I get that. And I also get the, the kid side of it too, that, that, um, you know, you know, he, he feels like maybe he didn't get a fair shake and, you know, what, whatever, but, uh, you know, I, I certainly hope that they're able to work it out. Um, and that everybody ends up happy, whether that means the kid goes, you know, goes to dental school somewhere else or whatever, yeah. um, you know, whatever happens. Um, I just hope it, it doesn't end ugly for the kid. That's really, um, you know, what, what, what I, at the end of the day, I just want the kid to be happy because at the end, of the day, he's probably got more. He's, the family has enough money for the kid to do whatever he wants to do. Yep. And so, don't be miserable your whole life. You know, if this isn't what you want to do, tell your parents. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hundred percent agree with that. So, yeah, I would like more information. I would yeah. Like to, I would like to get him on and uh, see if he wants to come on the a podcast and, and talk about it. I don't think. He if you if you hear anything back, let us know. Uh, I again, I, I'm trying to, you know, I don't want to be judgmental at all. And, and I don't want to throw comfort under the bus. I mean, my fiance um, works with Pacific Dental Services. And so I've gotten to hang out with Steve Thorne a couple of times. And the guy's a fucking genius. I mean, he uh, is. you know, uh, so, so those guys that think at that level, like Steve, you know, like, 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 like your guys at, at Comfort here, um, you know, those guys are, are, are freaking geniuses. And, and I think they're, they can be somewhat triggering to dentists because dentists feel threatened by them. Uh, but I think we all kind of understand that there's different lanes in dentistry um, and they sort of occupy um, probably different lanes than we try to occupy Lance and myself and, 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 you know, and, and a lot of the other people listening to this. So yeah. I don't want corporate dentistry to muddle muddy this water, um, you know, too much. Cause I don't think it, it's, it's, it's that relative to a, a, a dental school getting sued, sued by a student. I don't, well, do you think there, do you think he's got a, do you think he's going to win? That's like, do you think, do you think there's some, uh, like they want to make this go, like, what do you think the outcome? I'm curious to see what you guys think about like, okay, here's the law. It's, it's, there's a lawsuit. There's a suing going on, but like, yeah. has he got a case? Or well, it says the, the quote in the end of this article his lawsuit accuses Marquette of acting in bad faith and in violation of Wisconsin's deceptive and unfair trade practices law and the uh -huh. National Rehabilitation Act. What I read, like what my mind tells me, is that the burden of proof is on Marquette to show that they did everything they possibly could, which is yeah. hard to prove. Um, yeah. and, and so I think that's a difficult situation for Marquette. My hunch is that Marquette settles it 
And if this young man becomes a dentist, it's at a different school would be my uh, guess. hundred percent agree. That's exactly agree. what I think is going to happen. It's just cheaper, be kind of, cheaper yeah. to let it go. It's cheaper to settle for Marquette probably. Yeah. And, yep. and, and also hopefully not squash this, this alumni donation relationship. That's probably super valuable to them. Yep. Um, you know, so, so I, I just feel like Marquette's probably going to settle this thing and whether that's a write-off, I don't know if that's what that means. Are they writing off the, 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 the student loan? You know, what's, are they, I, I'm, or I guess he didn't have a student loan. Are they refunding the guy's money? You know, who knows? Um, but, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's tough. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. We got one more question. I love it. Question two, JP asks, so I have a pregnant dental assistant who will run out of the room about one to two times per day and throw up in the staff bathroom near my operatories. (laughs) Easily heard from every op in my practice. It also puts us behind quite a bit, especially when it's multiple times per day. Can I do something about this? It's very unsettling for patients, and it isn't exactly the VIP experience we are going for. Obviously, I don't want to treat her adversely because she's pregnant, but because she isn't able to perform her functions properly. Lance, you have three children. Yeah. That means that, that Holly's been through this three times. Three times. Was she ever headed to the to the bathroom to, to, to work it out? Frequently, not, not really. I mean, there were times where discomfort or moderate, really nothing like this, nothing that this is being described. So, I don't know. Brady, you have kids, yeah, I have four. Oh, Jesus so, Christ. I, I don't have a competition, but that's one more than Lance. <laughs> yeah, you're winning if you're wondering. Oh, that's yeah, that's a poor job, that's a poor uh contest to try to win. Well. Regardless, I get I, I, I get my W's where I can get my W's. Nice. Yeah, exactly. Listen, what about I, you? I simp- simple answer for this guy is uh, no, you can't do anything. You're, no, you're no. just gonna roll with it. Yeah. Well, okay. Let, no, there is things we can do. We just can't fire her. You can. You could approach her and be like, "Hey, is there anything that I could do for you? Do you seem like? Do you want a couple of days off? Do you want a week off? Do you want to like take a month off?" take a month or two off like what do you need like i guess you could do that uh but you can't tell her not to throw up you can't make her feel bad for throwing up no she already feels bad enough i'm sure she's been she's throwing up multiple times a day she feels terrible not terrible about this she just feels terrible in general yeah, yeah. She ain't feeling uh, good. uh here's the thing so it says vip experience he wants his, his patients to have a VIP experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I hear VIP, I automatically think of like VIP at a club. And every time I've had a VIP experience at a club, there's been barfing involved at uh-huh. some point in the evening. There's barfing involved. And pregnant chicks. Wait. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, may, in various levels of pregnancy. <laughs> right. And maybe, maybe, in, yeah, like just then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Um, You're doing it right. So this could be a VIP thing. You know, we need some velvet ropes, uh, turn down the lights a little bit. Um, Yeah. We're using a lot of hand sanitizer at my office Mm -hmm. and we have this liquid hand sanitizer that's like in these, these pumps, but it's not the gel. Um, Mm -hmm. and it smells just like bad tequila. And so my office just smells like bad tequila all the time. And so you use that hand sanitizer and you're going to give your patients a VIP experience. 
just a little different VIP experience because you got the tequila smell, you got a little bump in music, like you said, a mirror ball, velvet rope, um, and some chick horking in the background, which like is literally every VIP experience I've ever had. Yeah. I like all of that. I like all that stuff. So the other idea I had, could you not wire the speaker system in the office? First off, I think the walls and door on the bathroom are too thin. Cause if you can hear her throwing up, uh-huh. that also means that you can hear people taking a shit, uh-huh. which I don't like that idea of. Not a fan. Wait, <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> well, hold up. Uh, I don't think taking a shit is as loud as throwing up. It I don't know could how be. I, well, it depends what you had I don't, lunch. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> Not at the office uh, I mean, is, is truth, the first thing. Truth be told, there are very few people that I have actually witnessed take a shit uh, in my life. I have witnessed a lot of throwing up. Yeah. But I take great umbrage at the suggestion that throwing up and pooping are the exact same decibel no, I, I, level. Maybe not all the time, but there are there are number twos that there can reach a higher level on on the on the on Richter the scale. decibel meter. Yeah, on the Richter scale, <laughs> so to speak. Speaking of one of my one of my stand up jokes that never went anywhere was uh, people always ask me, uh, "Yo, how do you not like uh, have sex with all your assistants? Like they're all so beautiful, and like how do you like?" You know, avoid that temptation. I said, oh, just go to the bathroom three seconds after they do. <laughs> that actually is pretty good. And That uh, actually is pretty good. All of a sudden, they're not that hot anymore. <laughs> it was like, whoa. No, nothing. That's, um, that does remind me of sort of the, the I've, I've heard this before, and I, I, can't, I can't tell you who to give credit to this to, is like, imagine the hottest chick you've ever seen in your life. And at some point, she's destroyed a bathroom, right? And then it's like, oh, yeah. 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 Same Tough thing. Luck. Yeah. Um, yeah. I but but like, say- so the, the doors at my office and my bat, uh, the, the doors to the bathrooms mm-hmm. weigh like 80 pounds. They're so thick. They're not like hollow core doors. They're like solid yeah. to, to help soundproof. I, I have a pregnant hygienist right now. I don't know if she's ever thrown up and where she would throw up is literally right by my operatory. And mm-hmm. so I just think my bathroom is very soundproof, um, okay. which I think is a good thing. Yeah. The other thing yeah. I would suggest is a motion-activated speaker system, where every time she gets on her knees, you can put the 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 motion detector right by the toilet, so that like when someone's on their knees in front of the toilet throwing up in the office, you just it starts blaring um, "Africa" by Toto, and no one's going to complain about that. In fact, I'd be like, "Can you throw up some more, please? Can you get I- pregnant again?" I love that idea so much right now. So much I love that idea that you have like an emergency button that just cranks like hot tunes. Yeah. Uh, w- when you have something going on. And, and in your dental office, that has many applications when someone's screaming or crying. Yeah. Dagging or, at an impression. Being a little bitch about something. Yeah. You're just like, like put some Backstreet Boys on or something or some like yacht that. Yacht Rock. It's the summertime. Yacht Rock is going... Oh, that's my jam. For cross, I'd be down for any of that. Hall and Oates. There you go. Oh, so good. So good. So, so that's the deal. So, so you've got to, um, JP, you've got to rig some sort of speaker system so that when she goes into the, in there to throw up, um, just the Yacht Rocks jam start just start happening. Start happening. We're all throughout the office bumping. Yeah. Here's the thing about pregnancy that I know. 
once they get, I don't know a lot, but there, there is a thing. Once they get like a scent of the, uh, the trigger that yeah. makes them grow up. Whatever it is. The likelihood of that triggering them again is very high. Like if they throw up after eating onion rings, they can't eat onion rings anymore. Right. For, for years. That's the situation. Mm-hmm. So um, the likelihood of this continuing and getting worse is like you smell some nasty perio breath. And you're like, and you lose yeah. it. Well, it's you know, keep your, going. your environment is your environment and there's nothing they yeah. can really do about that. I think eventually you have to just offer her some like maternity leave or do something to like, which is really difficult in dentistry to do, to give someone money when they're not there. But yeah, it is, um, it is really hard. I'm not a fan. Lance, did you give Holly maternity leave? Fuck Paid no. maternity leave? <laughs> it's your own wife. <laughs> just go home. Make Cruel bastard. Lance Timmerman. <laughs> Make me a sandwich. Has to earn it in other ways. Give me some juice. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, prove, all right, prove your so value. I'm going to hit the, the closing notes on the show. Uh, Brady, yeah. we have a tradition here um, where the guest gets to pick the song that we close the show with. So I want you to be thinking about what song you want to pick. And, uh, and, and we'll hit our, 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 uh, our paperwork here at the end of the show. Hey, share this with your friends. Um, unless your friends are high-ranking officials at Comfort Dental, uh, oh, share, this, no. share this with them. Um, otherwise, we're not sure we want them to hear that. Yeah. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't too incriminating. No, you, I, no, you uh, were not at all. You listen, were not I, at all. I think we were very even-handed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, that's how we grow the show, one listener at a time. Um, uh, hit us up with, uh, with a rating. Lance, what's your favorite number? Big fan of five. Um, Brady, are you a Trailblazers fan? Season ticket holder. Okay, so is there a, a famous number five in Trailblazers history? I, was th- I, I immediately thought Dame Lim- Dame Lillard, but he's no, like double O, right? Dame zero, yeah. Uh, not double O. That's Carmelo Anthony. Uh, oh God, he- heaven forbid. <laughs> uh, how about Rodney Hood? Is he number five? I think so. Yeah, he's okay. number five. Okay, yeah. okay. I like Rodney Hood. Wish he All right. healthy. So Rodney Hood, uh, this bad boy, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify for flicking through Podbean, flick five stars. Hit us up on the web, workinginterferences.com. Hit us up on all of the social bullshits. Um, Facebook, Working Interferences with Josh Lance uh, and Funny Shit for Dennis and Dental Team members. Uh, Twitter, at Winterferences. Instagram, at Winterferences. Lance can be found on Instagram, at DR Timmerman DMD. I can be uh, found on Instagram, at Joshua Austin DDS. Brady, what's your Instagram? Uh, Drilled Podcast. Uh, follow Adriel Brady. Pod- yeah. Adriel Adriel Pod- podcast, uh, mash that follow button. Uh, Brady, tell us about your song. Uh, always uh, pony by genuine. Always. So good. Always. I, I, I love that. Uh, Lance and I are, are uh, working on some new music ideas for the end of the show for the next few weeks. So bear with us. We'll be back to that next week. Um, second is juice by Lizzo. That's a, that's, uh, a hot, all right. that's, a, that's a banger right now. I, I one time Wait. found myself in a club in Chicago with Rich Rosenblatt, and he was singing Lizzo. And I'm thinking, this is the shortest white Jewish man in the world singing the, the vocal parts of the largest African-American woman in the world. There could yeah. not be starker contrast. And, it's, uh, it's, a magical, it's a magical transformation that happens to someone when you listen to Lizzo. It does. It does. Um, it, tra- it transcends race. So, but are we still, are we going to Liz or are we sticking with pony? No, pony's always my jam. Always, right. always, right. always pony. Always, always pony. pony. 
Always pony. For Lance Timmerman and Brady Smith, I'm Josh Waston. Peace and uh, stay classy, pony boy. Or no, <laughs> what you. was it? Stay <laughs> golden, <laughs> pony boy. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good.
DC. They throw the best damn party. They throw the best damn party. They throw the best damn party. I'm about to wreck your body and they turn the party out. They throw the best damn party. They throw the best damn party. They throw the best damn party. I'm about to wreck your body and they turn the party out. Yo G, yo G, what's up, Rob? What's up, G? You wanna build it out, man? Chill, chill, chill. What's up, honey's up in the space? Right up, up in here. Yo, man, what's wrong with you, boy? I don't know, man. I'm just chilling, man. I don't know about all this. Ah, I know it's tough, boy. You looking for that one girl, right? Yup, trying to get that one. I want, no, man, I just want one, man. Tired of all this, man. I just want one girl. Say, yo, what's up, baby? Yo, let me have uh two, two of those, two of those Heineken, yeah, like that. Take a man. man, what I'm saying is, all these hundred things you can't find, you want. I want, I want, yeah. we gonna do, we gonna do, we gonna slam these right here, and then I'm gonna talk to Tisha Campbell. You gonna find your wife? Yeah, yeah, I'm finding my wife. Bye, dog. I'm out. Damn, I'm sick of being alone.